0: Hi, I'm Rick Barron, your host, and welcome to That's Life, I Swear. On February 24th of this year, Russia started its Special Operations War with Ukraine. I love that word, special, as it covers all manner of sins. As the war unfolded, Putin soon learned he had miscalculated the strong resistance of the Ukraine people. He didn't think they were going to fight back as hard as he thought. Well, there was another miscalculation, and that is was what the war was amplifying even more. Due to Putin's misguided land grab and wanting to be Peter the Great Rev 2, the current global food crisis has gone from worse to a pending nightmare for many. It is a food crisis moving towards starvation and eventually mass famine in many countries far away from the battlefield. Let's jump into this. As the war continued, countries worldwide Came to the aid of Ukraine by imposing international sanctions on Russia. Now, at first blush, we thought the sanctions would make life tough for the Russian people, and in time it will. While the intention of the sanctions was good, the end result has pushed prices up for everything, such as food, fuel, you name it, through the roof worldwide. Now, while inflation is getting worse, the pain is only part of the story. Of what this war is causing. To put a finer point on what was and now in jeopardy before the war, Russia and Ukraine were producing 30% of the world's wheat supply. Ukraine was seen as the world's breadbasket, as they were exporting almost 4.5 million tons of produce per month through its ports such as Odessa. Additionally, Russia and Ukraine produced 20% of the world's supply of maize. of sunflower oil for cooking. One does the math here. You can see how one individual's demented thinking of rewriting history has caused a worsening of people facing shortages of food. The UN fired a flare into the air recently, calling out that the war could lead to a global food crisis. The crisis would be one not short-lived but could last for many years. Our world is already dealing with the impact of COVID-19, supply chain issues, global warming temperature changes, and now a senseless war started by an individual who had nothing else to do. UN Secretary Antonio Guterres shared his thoughts about how the war has caused food security in poorer countries and the ongoing price hike for food and farming material. He stated that some countries could face long-term famines if Ukraine's exports can't be restored to pre-war levels, global food security is under severe threat with the food supply chain fractured by the war. Now, as I was researching this story, I came across various data points that described the pending food shortage and even famine in some countries. Looking at which areas would be hit the hardest due to the war, what struck me the most was the collective size of the populations. Now, for me, the picture speaks a thousand words. The food crisis is intensifying and will only get worse for approximately 12 countries within the Middle East and Africa. Now, of those 12 countries, 9 or about 75% are in Africa. Now, we're talking about countries such as Egypt, Ethiopia, the Congo, Tanzania, Yemen, and more. So, about that picture speaking a thousand words. If you took the total population of those 12 countries, they would add up to about 470 million people. So what does that look like? Let's try this one on for size. Take the entire population of Canada, the United States, Mexico, and Venezuela, and that would match approximately 470 million people that represents those 12 countries. Pull out a map of the world and step back. And you'll grasp what that looks like not only in terms of landmass, but the volume of starving people residing within those 12 countries. In those 12 countries you can find in my transcript on my website. When I looked at the world map, I could only shake my head and ask, why does this need to happen? The International Rescue Committee says that more than 14 million people just in the Horn of Africa alone are now on the brink of starvation. Many of the countries caught up in this web of starvation are already living on the edge. Many of them live hand-to-mouth and so now are facing with nothing to put in their mouths. For the countries that rely on Ukraine for a large percentage of their food supplies, the calculus for the damage that will be inflicted on them has already been done. To cut to the chase, a lot of people are going to die unnecessarily. It's just too late to save them. History has shown that when food prices go up in countries that are not well-off, people will get agitated, destabilization will occur. Many of those in desperate situations will think of ways to survive, which may lead to their only option, leaving their country and migrate, perhaps to Europe. Now, Europe has experienced migrations before, including the one they're experiencing with the Ukraine war. But this potential migration wave this time, on the other hand, could add up to millions and millions of people. Of course we know what that will entail, but that's another story. The World Food Programme Organization provides a startling statement on its website, and it states, quote, Conflict, COVID, the climate crisis, and rising costs have combined in 2022 to create jeopardy for the world's 811 million hungry people. The number of those facing acute food insecurity has more than doubled from 135 million to 276 million since 2019. A total of 48, almost 49 million people is facing emergency levels of hunger. Unquote. Here's another way to see this. The 811 million people who go to bed hungry every night is approximately two and a half times the size of the United States. Are you getting the picture? With many countries already facing food insecurity, Putin has made life for many already facing starvation a nightmare. We have a grain war and a global food crisis that is already starting. This was a war of choice and not necessity. Options to solve shipping Ukraine's grain are many, but each brings its own problems. For example, to match the scale of shipping Ukraine's grain from the shipping ports via train would require approximately 400,000 train wagons. I'll try this for a visual. Those 400,000 train wagons would stretch from San Francisco to New York and back to Las Vegas. It's a worthy attempt, but hardly in the cards. Wheat harvest happens in Ukraine during the month of June. But many farmers will not be there because they're on the battlefield. Those who can tend to the farms have to start from scratch to rebuild their wheat fields due to the constant Russian bombing. Now, to grow a wheat field can take almost five months before you see the fruits of your labor. And that's given you have good weather and not to mention being shelled by Russia. To get grain out of Ukraine before it rots in their silos. Another idea was perhaps sending barges down the Danube River or by truck and train through ports in Poland and Romania. All of which come with considerable challenges. Hardest of all would be reopening the Black Sea port of Odessa, which is currently mined by Ukraine against invasion and blockaded by Russia. With so many options, it's difficult at best to see anything that could put an end to this war. When looking at all the possible options on the table, I see three that perhaps could bring relief to help address the food shortage from getting out of hand. Number one, Russia needs to allow Ukraine to pull their grain from their silos and start shipping. But Russia insists they will want to inspect all shipments for weapons, thus Ukraine refuses this option. 2. Ukraine has to demine the area around the Odessa port. But they're afraid to do so, as Ukraine says it would then enable Russia to attack the coast. Okay, I get it. 3. Lift some or all of the Russian sanctions so Ukraine can ship their grain. But the world doesn't want to take that step. As Russia has proven, they just cannot be trusted. Another idea... I know, that makes four, is for Putin to end this stupid war immediately. As the world awaits the outcome of this war, we sit in a hopeless state of mind, watching this blame game that Russia, Ukraine, and the world are throwing back and forth to each other. As the arguments continue as to what to do, thousands if not millions of people are facing a different game. It's the Hunger Games for them. As all of this is happening, we now hear that as the war has been unfolding, Russian troops are confiscating grain from various locations within Ukraine. Now what are they doing with this grain? They're selling it on the open market as if they grew it. I feel for Ukraine, but somehow we can't continue to play these games here. For those people who had no say in this war, and are hitting starvation, and in some cases the beginning of famine. Russia will soon feel the impact of the world's sanctions imposed on them, and they will start getting a taste of what the world is feeling. Perhaps that may give them pause to reconsider the Special Operations War, as it was presented to the world, and work with Ukraine to come to a resolution. The famine continues. More people will suffer from the hunger and malnutrition, and the most vulnerable among them will die of starvation. That's a fact. Not taking these steps could soon make the war between Ukraine and Russia insignificant, as the screams of hunger or famine will tell us that the war has now become the least of our worries. If you look at what the effects of the war in Ukraine are causing through an economic lens, the continuing enhancing of global hunger is bad for business. You see, It inhibits productivity, slows economic growth, and places unnecessary burdens on all countries, not just a few. That said, if one thinks world hunger is only impacting small parts of the world, brother, you better think again. Time is fast running out. The wheat is ripe, about 25 million tons of grain according to the United Nations estimates. Just sitting in the silos, getting close, if not already rotting away. There is a familiar phrase we keep hearing when a crisis is deemed critical. That phrase, we have to act now. Well, now is the utmost word of our times, if ever there was one. Well, there you go. That's life, I swear. For further information regarding the material covered in this episode, I invite you to visit my website. That you can find on either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts for show notes and the episode transcript. As always, I thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe here or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. See you soon!